Welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm David McCown. So uh, you guys that are listening might know Dave more from uh, his Instagram, Diving with Dave, which uh, is awesome. So if you're not following it, go out and follow it. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks for coming on, Dave. We were super excited when we first started this, believe it or not. Uh, you were one of the first people that Aaron and I were like, we got to get Dave on. That's a hundred percent true. We said, let's do this. And we're like, we're getting Dave on this as soon as possible. So uh, thanks know. for coming on. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce people to how Dave and I met. It was an interesting story that uh, frankly, probably neither of us are overly proud of, but uh, so I, it was back in 20. 18, uh, I was at the NCAA national meet and I was in the stands supporting St. Cloud State. I had a guy on the team who was a freshman when I was a senior and he had a chance to do really well that year. So I just kind of went to, to go watch and the head ref saw me in the stands on Tuesday and they were short judges. So he said, Hey, you know, I'm going to be watching you like a hawk, but can you, can you judge on Tuesday? We're short a man. And I said, absolutely. I get a front row seat. Why not? And then um, as the week went on, or excuse me, as Tuesday went on, he said, you know, I watched you very closely. We'd like you to come back and judge the rest of the week. So I was excited about that. And the rest of the week went on. I was doing my thing judging. You get a little handout every, uh, every meet you judge. And it's like, who are you high on? Who are you low on? And for the most part, I was, I was excited that I was doing well. And the fact that it, they didn't replace me right away was exciting. Um, so to the event, it was men's one meter or men's three meter. And uh, we just get done with prelims. And there's a break between prelims and finals, a couple hours. And, uh, head ref comes up to me and he says, Hey, do you want to watch tonight? Like I got somebody who can judge for you. And I was like, well, yeah, like that's what I came here to do. I came here to watch. And of course I'd love to do that. So we went our separate ways. I came back to the pool for finals and I am, again, I came here to watch. So I'm not wearing anything other than St. Cloud state gear. Right. So I show up to the pool. I got my red on red St. Cloud state loud and proud. And Dave comes up to me and he says, you know, not really pumped about the judging selection here. And I'm immediately, I'm like in defensive mode, like, oh gosh, what did I do? What did I say? What am I? And of course I look at what I'm wearing, idiot. And uh, I go up to the head ref and he just explains, he says, no, we need you to judge. And I'm just white in the face. Like, what do you mean you need me to judge? You told me I could come watch. And uh, yeah, Dave and I had a good conversation and we squashed it since then, but I was an absolute idiot. And I showed up wearing a rival team's colors at the <laughs> national diving meet where I'm judging his athletes as well. And I just felt like a total idiot. No, no, no. <laughs> can't, can't feel like an idiot. Uh, they're two to tango here. I, uh, I, uh, I like other coaches get pretty intense when it all goes down and, you know, pop a bear amongst the squad. I'm taking care of my crews. So we trained all year for, right. Uh, and I think it's typical of the diving world to just hope that there is complete unbiased judging out in front of you. So, you know, I don't know, Aaron, Aaron doesn't know me. 
know, he's just trying to help out. I don't really know that background information. All I can see is St. Cloud State's up on the judging panel and why don't we have an, a completely unbiased panel? But I do want to say that uh, as a coach, you let some steam off and sometimes it's not that cool to do. And sometimes you just need to bite your tongue and shut up and swallow it and move on. But I being the mouthy person that I am sometimes decided that I was going to let Aaron know how frustrated I was. And then we came back to good terms via the national meet the next year. We got to sit down and talk about it a bit, but yeah, I'd say Greensboro nationals for D2 is not my finest moment, but <laughs> happy to have no, met you there, buddy. <laughs> it, it was all good. Again, it, it was kind of a learning experience for everybody because I was at that point in my life where I'm no longer an athlete. I'm not with these athletes anymore. I'm, this is not my crew. And I was trying to transition into, okay, what am I going to do in the diving world that gets me excited? And so I got called the judge and it was like, hey, maybe this is it. This, this could be my fun thing. And then, of course, you know, it blows up in my face. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but, but don't let that bring you down. There's still plenty of great judging moments for you in the future. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all good. It was, it was entertaining. It was fun. It's a story that, you know, both of us can tell. And it's like, hey, it, you know what? It happens. It, it is what it is. Absolutely. I joke around about that meet uh, with the guy that I work with, Corey Cole. And he's like, you did what? What happened? And I'm like, yeah, I just, we should just move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that story is relatively tame for uh for coach robat what i'm used to honestly my story is not nearly as fun for how i met dave the first time i met dave was in alabama i think that was uh 2014 or no 2015 mm -hmm. and uh and i just remember it takes a lot to impress dave robat just if you don't know that and i remember him being like hey i think dave's gonna come and have a few adult beverages and you want to sit in and i was like yes and I just remember Coach Rovat being super pumped. And it, it was pretty impressive because he he doesn't get impressed by too many people. And to see him picking your brain was really cool just to be a fly on the wall. Um, but no, honestly, my first experience, meet, well, not meeting you. I didn't meet you. And this is kind of what brings me to my question for you, Dave, is uh, the my first time seeing you on the pool deck was in indianapolis i think it was your first year you had one male diver at nationals and i, I just remember you because you were really well dressed to be honest that's what i remembered dressed to the man yeah and so that that year colin was diving and, and i was cheering for him and all this but the one thing i noticed was there was this new young coach on the pool deck and you just were really quiet and you kind of did your thing you cheered for your divers you're the number one fan and every time other coaches around you, whether it was Kelly from Wayne State, Steve from Grand Valley, Rovat, you know, Jenkins, you just kind of were always in that bubble and you kind of just would just listen. You were always taking everything in. And that's something I'm like, I didn't know who you were. You know, Indy at that point in time really hadn't produced a ton of really good divers. They'd have a good one here and there. And I, that's something I noticed. And that's why I wanted to ask you, you know, how did you find yourself to get into coaching? And, and relatively speaking, I had no clue who you were. And then all of a sudden I'm following diving with Dave and I'm like, he's hand spotting what on one meter and what on three meter. And, and then I got to know you and talk to you and I'm like, Holy crap. I'm, Aaron and I talk about this all the time. I'm like, Dave is like, the sky's the limit. Like I'm so excited to just talk to you and hear kind of how you got where you're at and how you try to learn from other coaches and things like that. 
Right on. That's really cool. I mean, that that sounds phenomenal that that's kind of the vibe that was there. Um, I can tell you that at that first D2 Nationals meet, you know, um, coming from the junior world and, uh, and, and just kind of being a part of diving for so long, uh, you know, I'm just like this. I'm like, here we go. We got big things to accomplish. This is going to be exciting. Uh, and then also as a younger coach, um, I think I learned in plenty of different experiences as a junior coach, just to kind of shut the hell up and listen to what's going on around you. Typically the people who are out there talking a lot, um, sometimes don't know the most about the sport or have the most confidence about it. And that's kind of why they're talking so much, but yeah, you know, you said fly on the wall earlier, that's the best way to do it in terms of coaching, listen to different perspectives, listen to the way people talk to their coaches, to uh, how the two interact. You know, um, I'm a completely emotional coach. Aaron knows that, um, but I'm all emotion. So like I go nuts when a dive just absolutely crushes. I'm down in the trenches you know, trying to work through the next best thing or the next obstacle in the way, whatever it may be. Like, I feel that with you. Um, so I'm, I feel like I'm much more emotionally kind of intact with the game, but there are plenty of coaches who are strict handshake. You did a great job. I'm happy for you. You accomplished your dreams. Um, you know, enjoy your night. And I'm like, this this person just went like eights are better on everything. This is the reaction you have. And this is like the conversation that we're having about a Josh Hedberg pre-show, which was the kid is no funny business. Like he just gets the job done. He gets the job done in practice. He gets the job done on the meet. That's Sean McCarthy. Sean McCarthy does not, he, he doesn't do the cheerleader thing at all, you know, and that's a different perspective as well. Some people, cheerlead because the job just not being done some do it for uh any sort of positive reinforcement or emotional value um but he's he's under the impression that it's you know we're here's your game plan you either accomplished it or you didn't it's simple as that keep emotion out of it so i like everyone's perspective on it uh but i guess uh being kind of silent around all the other coaches, I, I just really hadn't earned my place in my opinion yet. We still had plenty to do uh, before you can really even uh, appreciate any respect that people may be throwing around the pool. Um, you said that you kind of didn't really know who I was or whatnot. You know, my, my career was I grew up on a team and I'm watching this three meter final. I got my phone right here too. So <laughs> yeah, you saw Tyler Downs. Yeah. That was a good back two and a half. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and David Bodaya, uh, he's a couple of years younger than me. He was my developmental team at IUPUI. We were the Indy stars. Uh, there are a plethora of names on this team in between like 10 to 15 names that were absolutely amazing. A couple, I mean, a large group that was about two years older than me, uh, maybe one or two kids my age, 
And then a large group that was under me that was all incredibly successful. But you all don't know my name because I had too much fun when I was younger. <laughs> I, like, I like to play. I've always liked to play. So, you know, the kid that's, um, that's doing a fish out of water, a kid that's, you know, doing a can opener right next to the side of the pool because, you know, you're going to soak five coaches that are sitting there. And it's going to be hilarious because they all know you and they know you do this, uh, but you're still going to do it anyways. You're going to send it anyways. So um, that was more me. I just had, you know, a lot of fun when I was younger. So that doesn't necessarily add to a mature and good process for you as an athlete. So um, I dove, I dove, let's see, probably like seven years of juniors. And then I went to school at Miami University and I dove on that team for, we could call it a year and a half to two years. And then I was just kind of over diving. I needed to find something different in life and branched out after. And I really just came back and, and found out that uh, diving is the, the one and only. It's like the, the true love and satisfaction that I get out of a sport was this. I just needed some time away to understand that. So uh, I got I got back into the game. I, I was waiting tables at Applebee's five minutes down the road from my parents' place after I graduated college. And I got a phone call uh, from a, uh, a private school that I went for freshman and sophomore year of high school. And they said, hey, we have one kid. We're looking for a coach. You have the record on our board here. Like, are you around? Would you be able to be a part of this? And at the time, I was totally fed up with waiting tables and dealing with the world's BS nonstop that um, I tried it out and I absolutely fell in love with it. 100% fell in love with coaching and how much this immediately impacts the people in front of you. So I was able to make the conscious decision there of, all right, well, you apparently spent the first 24 years of your life worrying only about yourself and caring only about yourself and only about your own career, why not make a change? And maybe let's do the next 25 for everybody else. That'd be fine. So that, um, that happened. And, um, and I've been coaching now for about 10 years and I, and I love every bit of it. I, I still love it. There, there's some peaks and some valleys to it, of course, but, um, just trying to develop as much as possible, just trying to increase your coaching game as much as possible. You know, every dive, every category, whatever you're thinking of, whatever dryland skill, whatever you can do to help your athlete maximize their performance, amazing, continuous learning so that you can constantly keep track of, of where you are, where you need to be. If there's nobody around training with you, you know, always focused knowing that there is somebody out there that's kicking your butt at what you're doing. That was pretty much all of it. And, and the drive all of a sudden ended up 10 years of junior coaching, six years of college coaching and still loving it. That's awesome. That's good. That, that kind of leads right into my next part is if people follow your Instagram diving with Dave, which I do, everybody out there should, yeah. it is an incredible page. Uh, it, 
how did you get into hand spotting? What <laughs> give, give just give me the most broad hand spotting. I look at these videos um, and I I was I was at dinner with my parents last night and I just said, hey, this is the guy we're interviewing tomorrow. Watch this. And you were hand spotting a reverse two and a half from a young female on one meter. And it's like, I don't even understand it. It's amazing. I just want you to talk about it. Like, <laughs> well, fill me in. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, within our club, we are uh, a bunch of different locations that end up combining for in-house meets and then these travel junior meets. So they had plugged me in. I was on the north side of Indy. I was in Noblesville at Noblesville High School. Uh, there was a uh, now former, we were still stars then, but former coach that was taking me through literally just how to kind of double balance the board or kick the diver off the board. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm, I don't like uh Failing. Okay. We'll say, we'll just use failing as it. I do, I do not like the fact of trying and not succeeding, but we all know that you have to fine, fine. Some people do it better than others, but I'm sitting here trying to work this board and, uh Oh, David just missed a big one there. I know. I saw yeah. that too. He missed his inward real bad. That yeah. was not typical. <laughs> um, but I I'm sitting here trying to work this board. And I can't get the diver off of it. I don't understand it. Diver is falling off. I'm going all over the place. Uh, after that, I remember being at IEPY and Sean is taking me through side of the pool stuff. You know, just a back jump straight, a back jump tuck, a diver that a little tiny diver. She's probably like nine years old, probably weighed about 75 pounds. And she already knew how to do a spotted side of the pool back dive tuck. So I came in. And Sean's like, here's what you need to think about. Take it and run with it. Like, I want you to spot X amount of reps. And I'm going to be coaching my team, but if you have any questions, let me know. So I just kind of left it at that. And, and once, you, once you start understanding it, that's the addictive part of it. It's, it's just really exciting to know that you have these tools that you, at your fingertips without having trampoline, dry board, ropes, bubbles yeah. anything like that you just have you the person the side of the pool what are you going to do with it so i i thought that was really cool he did i remember him saying one time he leaned into me and he goes ah the force is strong with this one <laughs> <laughs> i like that you big nerd i love it um but uh yeah i and then coaching out of a high school pool uh, you know, high school systems, not really having the money to fund diving and, you know, everything's typically put into swimming, uh, no bad thoughts, swim coaches, it's all good. <laughs> um, but you know, you got to do something, got to teach your kids somehow. And I had three kids in front of me that in my opinion should be junior national finalists. So if we don't have a lot of the glitz and the glam and we don't have the opportunity to do it, I got to figure out how to do it. You know, here in this pool without all that stuff so i end up starting to spot my kids the kids didn't like it say hey this feels you know you're not catching the board right you're throwing me on my back was it and i just looked at them all i'm like hey i need to learn this 
so that we can keep this then safe in the future and I can develop you the right way. You just need to work with me right here, right now. It's a struggle for both of us. You need to realize that. And no, I do not want to hurt you. <laughs> so like, just settle down and let's try to find the rhythm. And sure enough, I made it more of like an expectation that you do some jumps with me on the board. You know, at very minimum, the kids are starting to realize how it's really supposed to go. Once you figure out that little bit of rhythm in the board, boom, sky's the limit. Because with the hand spotting, I can maintain their balance. I have to stay very aware of what I'm saying, how I'm saying it. You know, there's just a lot going on, but it's more of the Papa Bear attachment is I'm here with you. You are not doing this by yourself. I am here with you. So I need to make sure that I'm very loud. I'm very clear. I'm rhythmic with the board work and I'm not completely falling over the athlete in front of me as all this is going down. But once we started getting the hang of it, jumps, dives, we started doing single flips. After the single flips, I had a girl that absolutely 100% trusted me and loved the hand spot. So I then found somebody in front of me that was willing to do rep after rep, only hand spot. And then we start doing, you know, 303C, 303B. Oh, wow, this is going well. This is really cool. All right, what if we could do double? Oh, yeah, we got doubling. That's nuts. <laughs> uh, what about what about twisters? Maybe we could do reverse twisters out of this. Uh, okay, straight dive went well. Layout flip went well. Okay, let's put a little bit more on. And it was literally, it was each practice just finding something new that was so exciting that I want to try and teach the other kids that it, it really just snowballed and took off from there. Uh, and, and it's the best backup tool ever. So, you know, all, a lot of kids freak out about their reverses and a lot of kids freak out about their reverses come meet time. So, when some of my kids who would freak out during meets, I'd go up on the board with them. This would be USA regional zones, nationals. I'd go up on the board with them in a warm up, make them ride the board, make them go up in, in space with me. I keep them where they need to be. Uh, if they're too tight, they're getting shoved away. If they're trying to lean out, I'm gripping in as tight as I can to not let them go. Um, it, there's this, there's so much you can do with it. It's insane. But to be able to immediately hop on the board with the diver and make a fix and not be reliant on equipment is just so satisfying. It's so Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And, and you touched on it a lot. Reverses. Those are those are the trigger for every young diver. I coach high school and that's, we don't get a ton of time with them. You know, I, I get them for three months. Hopefully they're doing something in the summertime, but reverses are those ones that everybody gets to it. And it's like, you need to minimum, right. you know, <laughs> how are we going to figure this out? Let's, right. let's, let's get it going. And, and it doesn't have to be a high school too. Cause I've got plenty of video on my phone. That's me. Basically it looks like some WWF wrestling event where I'm just like taking someone off the top rope and throwing them down onto their head. <laughs> but it's like a reverse dive where I'm locked into their shoulder 
make sure that their body moves up in space and then a spear into the water so they get it there. But, you know, on, on a lot of different playing fields, this stuff works. And the high school, anything related to high school is so absolutely frustrating that having an extra tool in your pocket to make things flow is is really really nice to be able to do yeah yeah for sure so i so i guess over the last year has that kind of i i just noticed from watching your instagram you're doing a lot more i see you pulling belts a lot more is that more because of covid like trying to be cognizant of that like i was i was doing that um i i felt bad about getting on the board with my kid and getting on the board with your kid when you have a mask on and they don't have a mask on. Yeah, you're still flirting with a lot of the COVID restriction, but you're also cutting off your peripheral vision too. So I go out there and I'd have to take a big deep breath under my mask and uh, I'd have to make sure that I would look around my, uh, just the setting around me to make sure that my perception was still there. I had to take extra precaution while I had this mask off when all I really wanted to do was just take the mask off and throw the kid up in the air and try to make the right call. So um, it did slow down then. I, I did at one point have a group of athletes in front of me that was just all hand spot all the time. And some of those kids have graduated. Some of those kids have gone to other teams. So that's also kind of why uh, it hasn't been shown too much recently. Uh, I just need to basically find the next kid that's that is totally trusting. I, I basically just need to find the next gymnast that comes in and has been hand spotted their whole life. They want more hand spotting. Yeah, and it, the only way they survive is if they have that attachment. Right. So it'll it'll make a comeback. Um, but yeah, I I have the those thin ropes at UND, and I got them over trampoline, dry board, over the water. So. I basically just try to have a kid in the belt basically every 15 minutes if I can in a given practice. And I'm thrilled with that too. Rope spotting is ridiculously fun. (laughs) Just, I could never see myself in like a cubicle setting. I, I I can't do it. It gotta be physical and hands-on. Oh my gosh. I I just think, you know, you, you said it kind of earlier about how you just, you are emotional and that's, that comes through in a lot of your coaching, whether it's on the pool deck at nationals, like when your kid drills a dive, like you do, it's funny that you and Aaron had that conflict at first. Cause you're both so similar in that regard. Like you're the coach on the pool deck when Peyton's drills reverse two and a half twister. You're like, yeah, like just being super stoked about it. And when the kid misses, I think, you know, you're just as upset, but not like, you're not upset with the athlete. You're just like upset because it's like, ah, oh, like you had it or it's not, it's not disappointing. I don't know. It's a hard, hard thing to describe. You're just like, you empathize with them. And I think that comes through even in your videos, what you can watch any video you do with, whether you're pulling ropes, whether someone's doing a dive, whether it's on your story, one of your divers hits a dive. I think you're more excited than they are. Because right, right, right. You're well, like, I, would yeah. definitely be more, I would definitely be more excited than a Josh Hedberg. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. If my name's Josh Hedberg, I'm running around like this the rest of my life. That, he'd probably be looking at you being like, calm down, Dave. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, it was my Tone dive. it down. 
we're here to do a job. (laughs) (laughs) But um, another question I had, um, so how it's it's tough for me being an emotional coach, just like you explained as well. What do you do at the big meets? Um, you know, you train all year, you get excited. We're, we're ready to peak. We're at this moment, whether it's NCAAs for you or for me, it's the state meet. What do you do internally? How do you manage yourself with not, you know, going overboard with so much excitement, but at the same time showing enough where your athletes are like, damn, he's involved and he's excited just as much as I am. How do you balance that? Right. Uh, that has been a demon in itself throughout this whole time, which is, yeah, you are elated. Hey guys, you know, go out, you know, carb up a little bit tonight. Make sure that you're not hanging out too late. Stay off your feet. Make sure you get some good rest in the morning. And we're all just as geeked as one another. Like we're all so stoked about what's about to happen. Yeah. Um, So I find myself having those sleepless nights, thinking about every outcome that could possibly happen. Um, But I think over time, what I have learned is that the hay is in the barn. So here we go, Badaya's going, I gotta check this one out. Yeah, (laughs) yep. Boom, baby. Um, So then when you have put in all this time, uh, it's there. You, you don't have to teach anything new at these meets. You don't, I mean, any sort of uh, mishap that's happening. If a diver's not making a dive that they normally make, if they can't see in the pool, if the pool is too cold, if it's, you know, whatever it is, you just need to figure that part out and not mess with it that much. Like, cause the kids already know what they need to do. There are all the muscle memory is already put into the right place. They're going to fire. All they need is a little bit of positivity. And you're right that we could probably be more amped than the kid is about this event. So understanding when you need to bring them up and when you need to bring them down is a big thing I've seen. So you don't need to get, males hyped up for finals like yep. guys are just like they, this is what they've been waiting for this whole time yeah so uh you know you mentioned the name peyton heath i yep i was literally i just have to calm him down a little bit and everything and he he performed pretty well um but i my typical rule of thumb is whatever you tell the divers you want to probably do yourself So you'd find me at a lot of these meets with some buds in. I got my favorite tunes going. I might have a game going on on my phone. You might think I'm the most negligent coach ever. It's like, wow, this guy doesn't ever put his phone down. And he doesn't talk to people. He's kind of rude. Wow, okay. But it's not the case. It's like I told my kids to go sit in the corner. Don't watch every single dive. I want you to listen to your music. I want you to find some coloring books or something. Just sit there, get chill, get in your element. And then come talk to me when you're ready and we'll talk about it. We'll run through your dive, we'll model, and then we'll hop up on the board. But your job is to, yes, you got to maintain the inner eagerness or the inner doubt or whatever may be happening in coach's mind. You have to act like that is non-existent. 
Um, you definitely have to present yourself as if you've been in that situation before. Um, but yeah, I, I literally just, I try to do what they do without doing all the flips and twists and stuff. Without I've kind of found myself struggling in a way with that. You know, our, our high school program hasn't notoriously been very good. And now we have kids going to the state meet every single year. So again, like you said, you got to pretend like you've been there before. Wow. When you haven't, it's just like, I'm, I'm excited and I'm on deck and they do a good dive and I'm cheering and no other coaches are cheering for their athletes. And I'm like, guys, come on. This, this is what we're, this is what we've trained all year. What I can get excited. You can get excited. Let, let's make it happen. But yep. it's, it's interesting to hear that. Um, just again, training tools for me that I'll take with me down to that meet that I can apply. And, you know, I've, I've asked that question of many different coaches of how do you manage yourself almost? And uh, here for sure. But, but in situations like those, you know, it, it ranges with everything. I mean, but I mean, typically finals, if you just say the word final, that is all pretty darn relevant. That is all pretty darn similar in that situation, which is, it's very high intensity. It's high pressure. You got to be able to calm the mind down. You got to be able to breathe. Uh, there is Jill Eckright is a coach in our organization, Indiana International School of Diving. She coaches up north uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and she has a little sharpshooter. His name is Josh Sullenberger, and he was three meter springboard. Um, it was either 12, 13 boys or 14, 15 boys. Might have been 12, 13. In 2019, um, he's the champion of three meter. And Jill trains her kids so well. And she's this kind of person that she doesn't believe it. You know, you'd be like, man, Jill, these kids look really good. And she's like, no, I don't think, uh, I think uh, maybe. <laughs> like, no, like your kids are good. Uh, but I don't think that she had on her radar that Josh was going to win this thing because he was going up against a Josh Hedberg. He was going up against a... Bennett uh, Green maybe is the last name, but um, that kid is from Tennessee. They just studs, like kids that can really dive. Nobody had it on the radar that a Josh Sullenberger was going to snuff them both right there. But Jill was almost passed out on deck, almost passed out. And I've had just a few kids in junior national finals. So I understood what she was going through. but my experience was mainly the division two nationals. It was mainly that 20 minutes. And that's why I tell my kids this is the most fun 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. you're going to have this year, man, let's go. Uh, but it, it is so exciting, fast pace and anything goes, anything can happen that I just looked at her and I was like, Jill, you need to breathe deeply and you need to wipe all this nonverbal off that's saying that this kid is winning right now. You need to stop that. You need to just act cool and go on with the next dive. When he gets to his last dive, act like there's a dive after that. Like you need to keep that mentality. Do not let this kid see how excited and nervous you are right now. Cause he's going to feed off of that. Yeah. Uh, she was able to calm herself down and the kid ends up winning three meter and, first national champion for Jill and they were so stoked and 
they had the best time together and, and the kid's still doing really, really great. And he's working his way up the junior world, but just the, the finals pressure is similar in, in the levels of competition that you'll find in diving. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so I have to ask this question is uh, you maybe had, in my opinion, one of the most unique challenges a couple years back at Spire and I have absolutely no clue. And I have to just find out more about this. When you had one of your athletes um, hit his hand on the board, right? He broke a couple yeah. bones in his hand. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And uh, so, so, yeah, so, you know what? Why don't you set the stage for our listeners? Because it, it truly was one of the most unique things I've ever heard someone have to coach. And also one of the most impressive things I've ever seen an athlete do. So, so I just ha- got to hear it. Uh, this kid is a total goofball, uh, Ben Raider, and he's 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 such a lovable, awesome person. Does great things in the water, but he's also kind of a wild card when it comes to competition. You know, he uh, okay. For instance, at our conference meet this year, he wins three meter by about a hundred points, and then he goes down one meter, saying his hand on a reverse one and a half pike. And he does all of these random moves in meat that I haven't seen him do in months of training. <laughs> so this kid in that said meat, uh, we were very strong on the men's side that year and actually we were stronger with uh, another boy that we had who ended up not getting through that first semester of college, unfortunately. But before the season started, I thought we could get six boys in the finals. And, yeah. and then uh, we go to that meet with five boys that could potentially qualify into the meet and potentially final both boards, Ben being one of those people. And Ben does his first five dives of the prequal meet. He does them just fine. Not the best thing I've ever seen, but enough. And then he gets to his reverse two and a half tuck and he lands back on the board and uh, this kid is absolutely fearless too. So um, he just went, he went for it. And if you're going to land back on the board on a 305, you better have some strong legs and some good directional push to get you away. Cause that's, uh, it's going to be tricky trying to get vertical on the bottom, but he didn't take any of that into consideration. He just hucked it and he was right over the board and he kicks out and he smashes his, I think it was his left hand pinky on the board and I just immediately lost it I'm just like no way I can't believe this just happened is this real life uh this kid comes up out of the water I'm okay (laughs) (laughs) okay. Uh, and then we take the next amount of time to go hey how bad is this situation So athletic trainers are looking at it. He was rushed to the hospital so he could get x-rays on it. Uh, I'm staring at the clock while coaching another group in the water, getting them ready for their next event. Uh, And then sure enough, he gets back to the pool and he's been cleared. He's been cleared by the hospital. He's been cleared (laughs) by a trainer. And he said, and I said, well, then it's up to you if you want to compete or not. But we didn't just come out here to, smash your hand on the board and call it there if that's my opinion right now and he goes well what are you thinking and i was like foot first list on three meter and he's <laughs> like 
Okay, what dives are you thinking? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll, I'll save the front for last, but <laughs> let's do, we'll do, <laughs> we'll do a double half, front double half. We'll do, I think it was back double half. We did both of those. Uh, we did inward double pike, back double pike, reverse double pike. The reverse double pike, we could do standing. That's division two rule, might be a division one rule, not sure. But we do all that. And then he's like, okay, so what do you want me to do for front? And I was like, can't you just like land one on your hands? We'll just do one on your hands. And he's like, I might try it and warm up and I'll let you know how bad it hurts. (laughs) And and he does, I don't even think he did a hands first entry in this warm up. And he immediately comes up and he goes, absolutely too painful <laughs> it's almost too painful to get them down by my side let alone land on them and i'm like All right, yeah that's fair that's totally fair uh, i'm like okay so our front is a front triple pike <laughs> oh my god <laughs> are you sure about that i'm like it's literally our only option i'm running dvs right now <laughs> and that's it and his Okay, his background is he loves parkour and he loves right. jumping off of things. And he's always, if he does something weird on a hurdle in practice, he'll just crank a bunch of twists onto his feet or he'll do a double off a three meter onto his feet out of nowhere. And everybody will gasp on the side thinking he's going to die and he lands straight up and down, no problem. So, that, I, I caught a lot of grief for that, too. I had a lot of coaches that came up and they were like, this is so unnecessary. The kid is just a sophomore. He's No, oh, the kid is a junior. He'll have a senior year. Like, you don't need to worry about it. This, you know, save him. You're going to hurt him. And I'm just thinking about all of those comments and going, if there is anybody that can do this, it's this kid. This is the yeah. one. So uh, we did it and we put that front triple pike at the end. And I think maybe after the first two, we were like, wow, uh, <laughs> maybe we could squeak out the top eight here. And then he just, he missed one pretty bad. And then uh, the front triple pike ended up, he bailed out right on the bottom and corkscrewed it and he got scored by like two judges and then the rest of them threw him zeros or something, but he had completed his other dive. So, and he ended up beating a kid. He wasn't last place up there. He yeah. beat somebody. So that was more the, the, what I was trying to teach at that point was just don't back down. Like if, if you, if you are significantly hurt, and you don't think it's safe and what we're doing right now is just absolutely absurd cool like we can talk about it and we can go through that but i don't want you to make the trip out here and then bail out at the last second and take any sort of an easy way out and he just he took it like a champ and and i'm telling you he's gonna live like a division two god you know for ages what (laughs) other that's that is unbelievable You know, I, I just look at that and it stinks that, you know, some coaches gave you, I still remember talking to Rovat and he's like, Hey, there's only two people in this pool that can make the right decision. And that's that athlete. And that's Dave. Cause Dave's the only one that knows that athlete. And he's like, he's like, Dave has earned enough respect that from Rovat. He's like, 
He's like, he gets to make that call with his athlete. He goes, that's not for me to make. That's not for anybody else to make. And, and that's just, I don't know. I think it says a lot like to have a coach look at you and be like, Hey, if you can bear through the pain, I think you should go for it. Like, I, I don't know that to me, knowing my relationship I had with my coach and Rooney with his coach, like to have a coach be like, Hey, you can do it, but it's, it's up to you. Like you get to make that choice. I'd have been like, there's no way in this earth I'm letting Rovat down. Like I'll do whatever that man <laughs> says. Cause I'm not like, Hey, I'm not here not to try. Right, and and right. I don't know that, that just, uh, it just shows that like, I, I don't know. I think that conversation, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. It shows how much your athletes trust you. Like if you say, Hey, you got it. Like, that's awesome. I think it just says so much about that relationship you have with your athletes. Right on, right on. It, it goes a long way. It does. I mean, there's definitely a breaking point and you, you get those calls wrong. You better get those calls right. That you, you need to be on. You need to save this kid in front of you. Uh, least amount of impact possible in terms of any sort of failure that's going on with the dive. You need to keep that relationship strong. Yeah. The more you miss is is the the more that bond kind of diminishes so yeah um if i let's say we're in that warm-up and i i missed the back double pike call and he lands flat on his back or like if i and and i wasn't spot on with anything by (laughs) me but i'm just like it was in a ballpark of, (laughs) of being safe and without pain so yeah, it's cool. And that's why, and that's why I kind of look at a lot of coaches and I go, I don't understand how you don't coach with emotion. So yeah. there, there are plenty of ways to skin a cat, but mine is definitely full force, big heart, big passion. That's how I do it. For Love sure. That. I mean, what's well, and you know, for all the coaches that are like, save them for next year, you got, we could have not had D3 did not have nationals this year. There might that's not good. have been a next year. And and that's true for a lot of people. You look at things and you're like, yeah, he might be back next year. Who knows? Life, life has a crazy way of kind of taking us off that path sometimes. So true. So true. Trip on. All right. So real quick, before we get into our uh, signature questions, just a little update from three meter Tyler Downs was the winner. He's in. Which is Andrew Bianco battled back and he took second over (laughs) David Bodaya. Oh, wow. And then, Michael Hickson and Bree Adam essentially tied. I mean, one-tenth of a point between the two. Unbelievable. So we got Tyler Downs and Andrew Capobianco representing the U.S. on men's three-meter. Love to see wow. it. Andrew, uh, we were talking a little bit before the air. Andrew was doing back three-and-a-half tuck in the first couple lists. Like, dude, you might not need all that dive, you know, just to get through, you know, uh, trials. You might be okay with back two-and-a-half pike and just kept doing it and still made it. Love to see that. But um, – Signature question for Dave here. Uh, I always ask everybody, what is your favorite failure? It could be anything that just a learning experience, but uh, just fill us in on that. What's your favorite failure? Oh, oh there's so many. <laughs> favorite. Favorite failure is with Cassie Curry. Uh, this is college, Division Two Nationals finals uh one meter women one meter this was at iupui correct iupui yeah i remember i remember this meet very vividly and cassie's just she's blowing everybody out she looks really good um she looked so good 
that her inward takeoff, she's way high, way fast. So she had an inward double on one meter that we've done inward two and a half a couple times, and she's gotten it there. But, you know, nothing fancy, nothing, nothing too pretty. But we're kind of just sitting there like, well, we'd really hate to see an inward double blow by completely and you miss that top spot by however many points it is just because we, you're literally up in orbit, as we call it, just way high, way fast, <laughs> and you can't figure out where vertical is. So we at the last second decided we were going to do an inward two and a half on one meter. And um, I talked to her about it. This wasn't me saying, you do it. This was a, a grown-up conversation, and she said, yeah, that sounds good. I want to do that. And we warm it up, and we do some uh, doubles on one meter, and we do some inward two and a halves on three meter. And I literally told her right before she went up to three meter, I was like, okay, I want you to get this thing cooking. And I think she had voiced that She was like, I just want to throw the inward two and a half on one meter in the meat. So I think that's why we just kind of relied on getting it warmed up a little bit on three meter but I said, okay, feel the board, get it moving. Do not smack on this. Do not take a hit on this. And she goes, okay, got it. She goes up to three meter and just as flat as can be over rotates on an inward two and a half tuck. It's so flat. The whole place just stopped as she's probably just floating on the surface of the water, wondering why the hell she just went up there. But she comes back and I was like, <laughs> told you not to smack because I know I just it is what it is let's just let's focus on what we can focus on I'm like you're right so then I go through like a zillion different outcomes in my head of how this plays out no you lean it back and take off you don't get it there you're sure your feet dip the water before you go in you uh you're too close you're you know whatever it may be I what I've seen in the past from our practice I put into my head of what could happen. And I was like, if you only need four, four and a half on this, we're going for it. And you're obviously all in on it. Sure, let's go. So it came time for her to do the dive. And we went through exactly what we talked about, how we were going to do it. And she slipped out of the tuck position. I can't remember if it was after double or if it was before the double, but she just went high up on her grab, slipped off of her leg, ends up failing the dive. So when I say that I wear a lot of emotion on my sleeve and I'm kind of in it with you and I'm, I'm, I'm really with you here. When that happened, I almost immediately started crying. Like I just sat there as other people were looking at me like, and I just sat there. No, actually, I think my initial response was I laughed. Like, ha, ha, yeah, that's why you don't do that. That's why we shouldn't have done that right there. That was it. And then I felt like I was about to cry. And then I needed to go give her a hug and make sure she was okay. And then I walked out that back door of IUPUI and I just stared up into space like what just happened. Um, so I learned in that moment that the game plan that you set up before the meet is probably it. 
That's probably the one you want to go with. I can understand uh, circumstances that, that change. You need to change with those, 100%. I'm with it. But if you get cocky in there and you up their list and you roll the dice on it, something like that could happen. And I thought this was going to be our first Division II national championship. And believe me, if you saw what Cassie looked like before and then you saw the after, you would have seen how much more to do. So I felt like at the time that I had taken that from her, little did I know via conversation after uh, this was probably more in like recap of a season type conversation that she was like, Dave, I can't believe that you went home that night and you were really sad about everything because I wanted to throw the dive. That was my decision. I threw that. I wanted to do that in finals. I wanted to be a female throwing a beast dive and I wanted to hit that dive. And I was like, oh man, you're making me feel way better about this. <laughs> but, I, but I still feel bad. Believe me, I still feel bad. Well, like I said, that meet was so vivid to me because I, I was there. I was watching, not judging that year. I remember watching Cassie Curry on one meter. I remember looking at my friends. I remember looking at, you know, past competitors. I was like, this girl is on. Really, like that was the year where she was she was so on fire she was so confident it was obvious that she was the one to beat and when we were watching her warming up she you were right she's spinning that thing right where we sh she should be and she did one in warm-up i'm like this girl's really doing this dive and it's good it's not even a stretch to believe that she can do it it was ready it was i mean every sign you look at her doing it. It's like, yep, this, this is real. This is legit. She should be doing this. I'm so excited to watch it. And yeah, you, you see the slip out and it was like, oh, that's, that's not, oh, dang it. Oh, right. Everybody. everybody. Yeah. It's like, no way. Uh, but if, if we're able to obviously see the future, hindsight 2020, that, what I would have done and what I will do in a situation like that as a coach, and if that's my athlete, then all I really needed to do was tell her to lean it back a little bit and she would have gone straight in. I mean, if not, if not straight in, she would have just been a hair short. And the way she's spinning, moving, the way she's showing her tuck position, doing a lot of that right and being really powerful, just being a girl that stood out as somebody that really took conditioning and lifting to heart. Should have just told her to lean it back a little bit. We would have had that easy dub on one meter. We would have been excited, walked away from it. But then we wouldn't have had the learning experience of yeah. maybe you shouldn't press your luck with some of these bigger dives that anything can go wrong. It doesn't matter how many, how many pictures or stories that you've thought up in your own head. You know, anything goes. So well, stick to what you know and stick to what you're consistent with and confident with. One more thing I just wanted to throw in there. I believe she didn't take eighth. Is that correct? She still got seven She's still got seven. She beat somebody she, with a failed dive. Like, I, that's how on she was. Yeah. It was yeah, unbelievable. I, I still remember Rooney was texting me pretty much that whole meet, and he's like, dude. Cassie is murdering everybody. I think he said that like in the warm up the first day. He's like, she's going to murder everybody. And I was like, I'm so excited to watch. But I still, I still actually remember that because I was watching it 
So you guys will laugh at this. So when I worked at Westminster, I also had a part-time job at Under Armour and I worked real, worked my butt off. So that way during nationals week, I sat at my manager's desk and watched nationals and didn't work. Hey, and they, let, <laughs> and they let me do that. Nice. And so I'm watching it and I'm like, I'm like freaking out. And I'm like, so upset for, for you, for, for her. And my manager's like, what the heck's going on? So I talked to Rovat later. I think it had to be the next day. And and, and I learned a lot just by hearing his interactions with coaches. And he goes, man, he goes, I feel bad. I feel for Dave because as soon as that happened, he goes, every coach went up to Dave and was like, gave them their two cents. And it's like, he goes, Heath, I'm going to teach you this right now. Don't ever four letter word, do that to a coach. When something like that happens, he goes, you leave that coach alone. And if they want to talk to you about it, they'll come and talk to you about it. And he said, he got the next day, he goes, Dave came up and said, well, everybody else gave me their two cents. You want to give me yours? And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I can't remember exactly what he said. He said, hey, that's a call you and the athlete have to make. He goes, switch some things around. But I think he said something along the lines of stick to your plan. That almost always is going to go better. Well, that was that was another thing that, that definitely was learned from the situation was yeah. um, he gave me a tip on how to order the lineup yeah. in that given circumstance. And then we use that to then be successful on the men's side. You know, yeah. Josh or Peyton, you know, Josh, Peyton. Like, hey, if it comes down to like a couple points and I can press, but I'll switch it to 405 if it comes to it. And Peyton's like, well, I guess here's the list. If we're taking it easy, here's the list that we changed to if we're going hard, but Rorvat was the one that he's like, well, maybe with Cassie, you should have watched this and then altered it after this. And he, he just gave me the strategy of it. And I was like, oh, you sneaky SOB. It's <laughs> so good. You're so right. So let's say that uh, Cassie does win that national championship there. But we that. don't learn that little tidbit. Yep. Maybe the boys still do well, but we still don't know that little bit of strategy that's good for that time of the meet. So, yep. I mean, it, it all it all plays out the way it needs to. For sure. Um, but, man, I'm telling you, I, I, I looked at Swim Coach before that event started, and I was like, this is the one. Yeah. And I think we all felt like that for you. Honestly, like we've been talking about it for, for however long we're like, this is the year, this is the year. But I, you know, it's so funny, like, cause I, I do think coach Rovat has this perception amongst a fair amount of coaches that he's just a jerk, but guess what? Like that jerk, he knows a lot. And if you're just willing to listen, his crazy ideas, aren't that crazy. Like I still remember, like I was the Cassie in the situation. You don't even know this Rooney. In prelims, I had never made one meter finals ever. I sucked at one meter. <laughs> I was horrible. And uh, we were at Spire my senior year, and he, and we had a plan to do full out if I needed it to make finals or full twisting one and a half. And, like, that was built into our plan from first semester. Like, that's how long we practiced this list. So I practiced both dives every day, and we go go up to the last dive. It was my 11th dive. And he's like, or it was my sixth dive because we go ops and vaults. He goes, all right, we're doing full twisting one and a half, right? Because you're good. And I'm like, yeah, there's no way I'm doing full twisting one and a half. And he goes, are you nuts? And I was like, if you make me do full twisting one and a half, I'm going to mess up and I'm going to go along because I'm just, I'm just feeling it. And he looked at me, 
he looked at me, he said, you mess it up. It's your call. And just remember, I told you you'll make finals if you do full twisting one and a half. And <laughs> luckily, luckily it went okay. But, um, but no, I just, I just think there's just so much you can learn from, from every coach. And, and it, it takes a lot. I, I would imagine for you to go up to any coach and say, what's your thoughts? Cause like, I can't even imagine oh, yeah. being in your shoes. Like, well, I mean, Dave and I have such a good relationship. He's yeah. He, in my opinion, he was just so easy to get along with. And he's a straight shooter. He doesn't beat around the bush. Those yep. are one life that I'm like, wow, that sounded pretty sharp, but also hilarious and also yes. has value. Um, yes. But yeah, I, I remember going up to him that next day and I was like, so what, what would you have done in this situation? <laughs> yep. And he was like, okay, I, you know, I thought you probably need a little more time to cool off, but if you want to talk about this now, we can talk. I said, do it. I need to yep. hear it. What do you have to say? And yeah, he's, yep. he's always been really good to me. And he, he, even, he sent me a text after the most recent nationals and he was like, sky's the limit, man. Go, just go. Yep. yep. But uh, so we got two questions left. So uh, we'll, we'll do the, I think it's the easier one. What is your favorite drill to do with your, with your athletes? favorite drill be water um, dry land whatever you think <laughs> uh most important drill that none of the kids like uh, side of the pool teardrop um favorite drill i i have one but i'm just gonna verbalize it you're just gonna need to think this up in your head and if you want to try it go ahead all right well, um Tighten up the board. And I think I sent a video of this to Katie Hazelton and she posted on her social media. And I was like, that was a secret. You were supposed to know that. <laughs> um, but you tighten up the board and, you know, kids can do rolls off of it, do rolls and twists and whatever. If you have a mat down, that's kind of how we teach our beginners, right? But I desperately needed to teach one of my kids full out. Um, and we could, we could do double whatever, or one and three quarters or one and a half to Epic smack, or, you know, we, we did double full that drill so many times. And the kid was so fast twitch and so talented. He could do this never had time. Um, or, or maybe the consistent action that went with that timing. So, um, you know, you have your ball out full that you can do on trampoline, land on your shoulders, snap full, land on your shoulders, snap full, um, or whatever you want to do with it. But I was like, I, I need to recreate this in the water. So I tighten up the board, mat on the end of the board one meter, and I have my kids measure it out where they need to be, and they get small. And instead of a roll where you place your body on the mat and let your legs come out, and then you try to twist, I had them drop onto their back. So with a board that's in between the numbers of like one and three, you call it whatever you want, you know, the impact to be on your body. <laughs> they, they fall flat onto their back in a pike right when they feel the board, right when they feel it, snap. So then you just do a couple just like pike snap so you can feel that rebound from the board, feel your hips snap out. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, as you get better at it, then you drop into it, snap, full twist. And, dude, that thing works like a charm. <laughs> just, 
It is amazing. And if you want to be a real jerk to your kids, but still be helpful, have them take that up to three meter and have them dive it in. Um, I like it. It's, it's a real, real, you learn that action really, really easily. I mean, some people I've had some of the most talented people in front of me, not figure it out. Like, uh, I don't think Peyton liked the drill much. Uh, (laughs) Cade Hammond, one of my divers, I have at UND now, he, if I even mention the drill, he just like glares at me and walks away. Um, but there are other people who would just go, Hey, can I put a mat on the board and, and feel this real quick? And I'm like, yep, good. Go ahead. You need a call for the twist. I'll let you know. Uh, but just make sure the board's tight, make sure there's mat on the end of the board, make sure there's something on top of the mat that is more like non-slick. That's got some friction to it. Right. So, cause I mean, some of these kids just hit the end and they just slide right off. Right. But um, that immediately, uh, this diver was Cody Coldren. He dove at IU. He was one of my uh, beginning club kids. But he would take the most wicked hit on a double fold when we were trying to learn it. And we did this drill a couple of times. All of a sudden, he picked it up. And then he, you know, he finishes his career with like a double out that he could start easily at IU or – uh, even a Sarah Bacon tried the drill a couple of times at IUPY when she was diving with Sean and I was kind of just getting elated about the skill. And she's like, can I try this on three meter? I'm like, totally take it up. I want to watch. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be on that side of the pool, but, uh, it's cool. It's a good go-to for that action in particular. I'm sure there are plenty of other fun things that we do that I can't think of right now, but that's definitely the one that stands out. It's pretty sick. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So my, uh, my last question is what's the best advice you have either given and or received advice. Um, best advice. Uh, I, I fall back on this one, which is just be good to yourself, take breaks. Um, I think both of you, they asked the question in that diving <laughs> group and I put together some terrible run on sentence that was like, be good to yourself. But uh, that's the main thing. Um, as a younger coach coming in, you are trying your best to catch up to the pack uh, it doesn't need to be looked at like that. Obviously you're helping the people in front of you, but when you're on the bottom of the totem pole here, you don't get a lot of respect around the pool deck. So I think that's one thing that a new coach desires is just the respect of his peers. So you can hit it as hard as you want. You can put as much time in as you possibly want, and you can stay eager and excited and you can do crazy amazing things but if you do not take proper breaks in between you will break you will crumble there is a point to where you can no longer handle it so i've hit that low in in mental thought just like uh, sean describes it really well he's like you just uh, you're a cell phone you started started your career 100 percent now even and haven't done much to recharge your batteries and now you're sitting here on like zero to five percent and that's how i 100 felt after junior nationals 2019 was i cannot 
go right into a college season right now. I need a break and there is no break in sight. And I got kids coming in next week and I need to be there with them. And I literally just kind of lost it. And, and there were some relationships that were broken in the process that I didn't handle well, that also a lot of good learning involved in those situations. But like I said before, talking to your athletes, you kind of want to do what they do. The advice that you give them, you need to consider for yourself. So, hey kids, you did great at that meet this week. We're taking Monday off. Cool. Um, okay, we just completed your year round worth of training, which you should have taken a few smaller breaks in there. But now you are demanded to take two weeks to a month off right now. Do it. It's going to be good for your mind, body, soul. So um, take breaks. Go have fun. You need to be good to yourself so that you can be good to the people in front of you. Yeah. Awesome. I really like that. I really, really do like that. We'll, uh, we'll get wrapped up here. Uh, it was super, super fun. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I mean, immediately initial reactions was, you know, thanks for being open and honest and vulnerable and talking about Cassie Curry, talking about taking care of yourself. Like it's, it's cool to do some of these interviews and people just really kind of embrace and they're like, all right, here's me. Here's what we do. This it was really, really fun, really genuine. And, and I enjoyed that immensely. I, mean, I agree. And yeah. I mean, you guys are hyped up on my dive in with Dave account, but you're only seeing videos of the good stuff most of the time. <laughs> yeah. And I only post like two to 5% of my actual life outside of diving on there. So I'm sure that your perception is somewhere totally uncharted that's maybe not that right but i appreciate it cool <laughs> <laughs> no i uh i just i admire just the fact that from just talking with you you know i've been fortunate to sit down with you with robat and talk to you here and there it, it's very obvious to me that not only do you take every experience whether it's good bad ugly you try your best to learn from it in the moment but it sounds like you're constantly going back and ah like it, you're always learning and it's not even always learning about the new things. It's you're still going back and looking at, I think that's why you're a great coach, Dave, because you do look back three, four years ago and you're like, ah, I could have done this too. And that goes in that Rolodex in your head and you don't forget it. And I think that that's something I really, really admire about you. And I'm really happy that I kind of got to see that side of you a little bit more. So hopefully you come on in the future. Uh, uh, hopefully are you going to be at zone C in Knoxville in a couple weeks? I am going to be in Knoxville. Me too. What? Yep. Yep. I'll right, bring, right bring, I'll bring in an athlete. So we'll catch up there, sir. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you for all the kind words. And I had a blast with this as well. And I'll definitely be ready for the next one if you want me on. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, we would enjoy that. Again, hit us up, guys. Twitter and Instagram. We are the diving pod. Also, Gmail. If you have any questions, any follow-up for Dave, we'll uh, hit that back to him. We're the diving pod at gmail.com. So we'll see you next time.